Has the story of your love life taken an unexpected plot twist? Well, this is the podcast that helps millennials rewrite the story of their love life by learning simple strategies for starting and maintaining a healthy relationship. Through candid and unscripted conversations, we provide tools to help navigate the twists and turns of dating and relationships. Are you ready to flip the script on your love life? If so, sit back, get comfortable, and enjoy another episode of the Love Unscripted Podcast. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Love Unscripted Podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Wilson. And I'm joined as always by my co-host, Dexter J. Tucker. What's going on, fam? How y'all feel? And this is the podcast where we have unscripted conversations with millennials about relationships and dating. And as you guys can tell, I got the intro right this time. I didn't fumble over my words. I'm getting better. That's what I'm talking about. And I just want to thank everybody who's taking the time to join us and listen listen to our podcast on this Monday. If this is your first time, welcome, get a chair, pull up, and we just like to have normal, casual conversations about relationships. So also, last week, we had a really good episode just talking about how life can, and life and love can be very unpredictable. And we talked about different circumstances um, that occur, and it seems like it comes up out of nowhere, but we also talked about how to manage the waves that come with the storms that are in every relationship. So me and Dexter had a really good convo about that. Um, I can't wait for us to have more conversations like that because like we said, Dexter, like love is unpredictable. There is no handbook. And anybody who gives you a handbook, (laughs) that may not work for you. (laughs) Yeah, it may not work. So first and foremost, Dexter, like how are things going with you in your world? Um, Y'all survived Snowmageddon. So we're Past that, what's life, what's life like after Snowmageddon? Not life now is just like, you know, you're just looking outside, trying to make sure everything's straight. You're looking outside like, is everything all right? Then you're looking at the sun like, I'm so glad you're here. Where you been? You know, like, I, I miss you so much. I told my wife yesterday, I was like, you know what? I think it's going to be a real hot summer. So we need to go ahead and stock up on everything right now because I don't want no surprises. But it's been good though. It's been good. I'm just gonna prepare for this hot summer and just ride it on out. Right. I'm y'all, I'm still tripping off of how Dexter did a brisket in a cooler and so again, I still can't get past that. We're gonna have to do a cooking episode yes. where you show us exactly how you did that. Okay. But yeah, that was crazy. But I hope everybody's doing well, getting a great start to your week on this Monday. But guess what, guys? We have another great guest. Like I said, I love to bring people on and just have conversation. And I believe conversation is what really pushes the, the needle forward and allows people to change because we get to hear other people's experience. So let me go ahead and get this guest in here. All right, guest, go ahead and introduce yourself. Allow me to introduce myself. My name is... <laughs> Hello everyone. My name is Max Stanley Kazo. I am a licensed black men- mental health counselor with a specialization in couples therapy. I currently own two, three certifications from the government institute. I am the owner of Therapies for Everyone Counseling Services that is located in New York City. And I believe that is all. My goal in life is 
to rid the world and specifically the black community of mediocre love by teaching them the skills mindset and techniques needed and necessary to obtain, sustain, and enhance all aspects of Black love. That is me. Hold on, hold on. No, hold on. I had to give a standing ovation on this. No, that's good. And here's the Get thing. Ready, Listen, that was very intentional. I tell people all the time that my goal is to, to decrease the divorce rate by 2%. By 2% in my lifetime. So that's going to, people have told me that's going to be an extremely difficult thing to do, but I believe I can do it. I believe that people have the power and ability to change um, society. So, hey, I'm glad to see that somebody else is out there on this same kind of journey. And this won't be the last time y'all will see him. I'm just letting y'all know now. So first of all, let's let's get a little bit of information to get to know you. I know I didn't tell you this in the pre-show, but guess what? It's unscripted. Exactly. well, here's here's one of the things I'll say. So it's still cold. It's still mm-hmm. winter time in many parts of the country. So what would you say is your favorite winter time beverage? What do you like to drink in the winter when it's cold? <laughs> uh oh, my guy. Don't know if you could see this. This is poppy wines. Okay. Okay. A L- little bit of champagne too. You know, okay. when 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 you're working with couples from nine to five. Afterwards, you might need a little glass, a little something, something just to ease you into the your bet your nighttime routine. Definitely, definitely. That's what's up. So here's your next question. Question number two. Uh-huh. So since COVID is, is here, a lot of people have been spending a lot more time inside. We're not mm-hmm. going out to the malls and cinemas as much as freely and without as much caution as we used to. So mm-hmm. What is actually on your Netflix watch list? What is something you've been watching on Netflix? <laughs> All of this is you know what, man? I stumbled onto um Chicago PD. That led me to Chicago Fire. That led me to Chicago Med. I even watched the one season of Chicago Law. I'm the type of guy, if I'm watching a show, I want to see if I can solve the crime before you. Like I'm I'm very intentional with my mental exercise. So these shows allow me to be able to process, think fast, and analyze what's going on, which directly relates to my skills as a therapist. Definitely, definitely. That's one of those things that I try not to do. (laughs) 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 This this is entertainment for me. I don't need to be thinking. My wife be like, is that counselor doing what they're supposed to do? Like, yes and no, but here we go. I'm watching. So question number three, question number three. Mm Like we said, Auntie Rona is like that that auntie who comes over and after the family function is done, still wants to hang out, hang around. Everybody's left the house, but she's still there. You can't do what you normally want to do because, you know, you don't want to just completely kick back with everybody still at your house. So where is one place you want to travel after Auntie Rona has left the building and is safe to go back outside? Listen, me and my wife spoke about this last night. The goal is the Maldives in 2022, man. It's a guarantee, you know? We have the account where we're already adding the funds needed to it. So once everything clears up, my travel agent already knows. So once the borders open back up, um, we out. Lustication part two. 
Hey, and if y'all don't know, listen, y'all need to go follow Mac because <laughs> the location it gets heated. So you know what I'm oh, that's good. That's good. Get to little uh know a little bit about Mac. So I want to also transition to this new segment that we recently started, and it's I'm gonna call it just the gratitude corner. And in the relationship space, we have so many memes, so many videos circulating about negative things and topics that seem to just want to get a reaction out of people. So rather than do that, I have been doing flip the script. I mean, excuse me, not flip the script, love it or shove it, where it was different types of scenarios. But I want to transition in this season of life to something more positive. So I want to talk about gratitude. So I'm going to start with Dexter. So and we'll move to Mac and then I'll finish us on out. So Dexter, what is something today, this past week or this past year that has caused you to be grateful, that you're grateful for? I'm grateful for health. Um, I'm grateful for that because, you know, this past year, like me and my wife have like gone on this health journey and like it's just shown me how important it is for people, but especially black people for us to take care of our bodies because we put it through so much by what we consume and what we drink, you know, and like in doing that, like in the last several, several months, like I've lost 25 pounds just from taking care of, them. you know, like my energy's up. Like I had like, you know, knee injuries from like playing sports and weightlifting. I don't have any issues out of that because my body is no longer inflamed from the things that I've been eating, you know, right. and doing that, like it, you just see like a complete one and everything. So I'm just grateful for, you know, to be on this journey of health and life, really figuring out what makes my body tick. Good, good. Health. So Mac, what is something you're grateful for in this season of life right now? Um, before I answer that, I just want to congratulate my brother here, man. Great job. You know, um, our, our mental health is directly affected by yeah. our physical health. So I, 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 I always say the more fit I am physically, the better the fit I am mentally. Also, since this is a relationship podcast, right? I have a stat for you. If you are, if a man is in a healthy relationship or marriage, their lifespan increase four to six years longer, right? So just some, something to think about and to thank your wife for, because she elongated your life by four to six more years, man. Because, you know, us black men, we ain't going to no doctor. We're not eating right, right? However, having a woman that is invested in us ensure that, that we do these things. Now, mm-hmm. back to the question. Um, what I am grateful for, to be honest, man, I would not be, I always say this, I would not be the man that I am today, knowing the position that I am today without my wife, man. She has invested in me in ways that I've never thought of investing in myself. For example, right, she bought furniture for my private practice before I even had a private practice, right? So once I got the space, everything was just ready. Like she made me get the space. So um, I'm real thankful. I am real honored. And my goal is to serve her to the to the degree that she serves me. Hey, I'm feeling that. That's definitely one of those things to be grateful for. And I'll say that something that I've been grateful for recently is the ability to grow and change. Mm. I'm so thankful that who I was like that again. I don't think they they, they caught that. Bring it back. I'm just thankful for the ability to grow and change. Like I'm not the same person I was years ago. And thank God I'm not. Because that, that 
that person back then could not handle a lot of the circumstances and responsibilities or even great opportunities that I have being that version of myself. So I'm just thankful that life is a continuum. You don't have to stay in the same spot no matter what kind of hand you were dealt. And I think me being even in a marriage and in the relationship space is proof that your start, whatever your family kind of had for you growing up, doesn't have to be your reality. So I'm thankful for that. And so guys who are listening at home, take time on Monday to pick one thing to be grateful for. I want us to be more intentional about identifying those areas that we are thankful for and that we're grateful for rather than only focusing on all the negative things that are happening in our world. So with nothing else further to do, time to get into some trouble. So, <laughs> so uh, all right. So let me go ahead and set this this scene real quick. So, oh man, Mac, we gonna get in trouble, it, man. All right. So, question though, yeah. Why did you choose that topic for me exactly? Honestly, I don't know. Sometimes the spirit is just leading me to say, "Hey, ask somebody about this." And when you said this is exactly something we should talk about, I was like, yeah. "See, I go no further." So, so. Public perception and reality are two different things. Amen. The public can view certain people and different aspects in life in a particular way that may not always be the reality. So let's take the, the term doctor, for instance. So one of the most famous doctors we happen to know is the doctor by the name of Dr. Drake. Now, most people will say, well, he is not a medical doctor, but he carries the title of doctor and he is a household name. The perception of what people think versus the reality are not always the same thing. I have another one for my sports fans. Dr. J. Julius Irving. He is known for his sky flying dunks and his amazing afro. But guess what? He is not a doctor in the sense that the public normally recognizes. And if we want to even go to the food market and food industry, we even have to consider Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper is one of the most popular drinks in the Coca-Cola line, but nobody would consider or call Dr. Pepper if they had a medical emergency. Because we have social media and because the internet is such an amazing tool, people are able to get online and share information in different industries that um, that they, I don't even wanna say just have expertise, but they are very passionate. I'll say that they're passionate about it. They wanna talk about it. And they are able to share information that they have found elsewhere and present it to the public, okay? And one of the major things that has happened recently, and I'm sure Mac has seen it, especially in the relationship field, is there are a lot more social media relationship experts and influencers that, honestly, Mac, if we look at just the pandemic, it's blown up out of nowhere. Like, it just boomed. And one of the things that I think is very interesting is a lot of social media influencers are, they're becoming really popular and having a great amount of influence. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing unless the information that is being given does not coincide with what we would consider research or standard care is. 
So we're going to talk this week about the difference between social media influencers and licensed therapists. So me and Matt are both, I, I am in the marriage and family therapy field. I have my master's in marriage and family therapy, and I'm working on my PhD on marriage and family therapy to focus specifically on couple therapy. So that's my realm. So Mac is also, so you explain one more time what it is you do with couples. Gotcha. Um, real quick before I jump back into that. So I am a licensed mental health counselor, right? So I'm able to work with individuals, family, couples, whoever. However, I wanted to obtain a specialization in couples therapy because couples is exactly what I wanted to work with. I felt that my master's did not give me the amount of information that I really needed to, spe to specialize in couples therapy. So I went through the Gottman Institute to become a Gottman level, level two train. As of next week, a Gottman level three train. And hopefully by the end of the year, a Gottman certified therapist. So There so. we go. So here's my question. What is the difference between someone who gives relationship advice on and is a social media influencer versus someone who's a licensed clinician who actively practices couples therapy. What's the difference? Um, let's see. A license, information, lack of bias, assessment tools, knowledge of interventions, just a whole lot of things. So to put it into practice and concept for everybody listening and to not make this a, cl a clinical convo, I would say this, right? Which one is true? Um, absence make the hearts grow fonder or out of sight, out of mind. So if you really think about it, they are both true. But if I only experience one of them and that's all that I know, I'm going to tell you, no, this is true and this is wrong. A lot of advice from the social media influencers or relationship expert is rooted in their own point of view, their own experiences, and their own biases. Another example would be, if I broke my arm, and I got it fixed. Does this gives me the skill sets needed to fix everybody's broken arms? Mm. Or should they do what, what I did by going to a doctor, right? A professional that has studied this for years, that have practiced this and have mastered this. Too often we're finding influencers, experts speaking from their own experiences as as, as if it is the gospel. Your experience is your experience. You may be a relationship expert within your own relationship, but that doesn't mean that you're a relationship expert to ev to everyone else. Mm -hmm. So, Matt, let me talk about something for a moment. People are like, well, this is my experience. It's true for me. What okay. is the problem with taking the approach of my experience is true so I can speak to this issue versus what you said is having an unbiased opinion about the problem or about the situation? That's an amazing question. So to, to answer that, I would say I personally do not give relationship advice because again, advice is rooted in opinion and biases and my own point of view. And if you think about it, our personal point of view need you usually tends to be the number one reason why so, so much conflict exists in a relationship. Well, we could talk about that later, right? So to me, what I do is I don't talk at you, I talk you through, right? I'm, I'm not here to provide the tea, I'm here to provide the medicine. Yes, the tea is more popular because I'm giving language to what you're feeling. Girl, 
leave him. He don't deserve you. You can do better. You know what? Fight with love. What does that really mean? Right. So when when we take time and we break down these posts, ask yourself, what does that really really mean? So fight with love. Can you? So after hearing me say fight with love, can you go home and put that into practice? Do, do you even know what that means? Because I don't. I'm, I'm confused. What does fight with love mean to you guys? Right. But instead, I would say, OK, cool. Let me assess your communication skills. Mm. Let 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 me pinpoint where you went wrong. Then let me give you the knowledge, the scientific knowledge that has been proven and researched for over 45 years. And let me teach you that and let's role play it until you master it. So now when you go home, you know exactly what to do. So I say a clinician is able to assess and pinpoint the disconnection, provide the education needed to shift the mindset that they've been operating under and then cre create a tailored intervention specifically to turn that weakness into a strength. That's gotcha. the difference, not fight with love, but hey, here is the science to effective communication skills. My next masterclass, by the way. Hey, so <laughs> I wanted to have Dexter on as a non-biased uh, viewpoint because people were like, oh, y'all two clinicians, y'all, of course y'all are going to do this. Let me, so Dexter, someone who's not a therapist, mm -hmm. like what do you see the difference being between what you see counselors and therapists saying versus what social media just influencers are saying? Like, how do you perceive those two? And what are you seeing from your standpoint? Well, since I'm not a clinician, I'm, I'm going to be 100% honest. Uh -huh. And this is my thing. Um, and we might get in trouble for this, but it'll be all right. Um, what I feel like now with social media, and I'm not saying this is everybody when it comes to social media influence. Not saying that at all. But for the majority of what I've seen, what and looking at clinicians with social media influences, people are looking for people to speak to their emotions. When it comes to clinicians, they speak to your situation for what. It is. And what happens is we want to speak to what we're feeling in the moment, so that way we can feel valued and validated in what we're feeling. So, like Max said, like he's not like with clinicians, they're not giving you the T for it, like, oh, yeah, they're wrong and they did this and they did that or what have you, because they're, they're looking for when they look at social media influencers, because like they said, like your intention may not be to drag someone or to uh, put someone in a bad light. That may not be your intention, but the information you're given isn't giving viable solutions to the actual problem itself. At this point, you're just gaining followers based off of emotion. So now you have all emotional people following you looking for the it's kind of like a drug almost we're like i'm following you for that next light to feed the drug that you and i both love to have so when it comes to clinicians with them with them they, they're giving you information to fix the issue based on the information that they're that you're telling them okay so when you do this you do this but you do that because of this and it's <laughs> not pointing out what the issue is they're helping you discover it for yourself so gotcha. that light bulb going on, I'm like, oh, I get that now. Okay, and can 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 I reframe that for you? So what you're basically saying, if 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 you're looking for someone to put your emotions into words or to intensify what you're already feeling, right, and not do the work but identify with the heart, then a social media relationship expert influencer is definitely for you. Now, if you're looking to make the change needed 
so you can really get what you want, which is a happy, healthy relationship, then you go to someone that is qualified to mm. do so. Yeah. So here's the, here's a great thing. I love this is flowing perfectly. So thinking about that. So when people come to a therapist, there's something that we can do that not everyone else can do. So right. here I'm going to say I'm going to give you three letters I, and uh -huh. I want you to tell me what they mean to you and how uh -huh. they're used. So okay. I'm going to say three letters. E B P. E B P. E B P. Evidence-based practice. <laughs> oh my God, my man, you are speaking my language, brother. <laughs> so, what are they? So, what are they, and how are they useful? <sighs> Listen, man, I tell people this all the time. We are willing to do research on everything, right? When when it comes to anything in life, we go through the proper education, from learning how to drive to get a driver. A driver's license from learning um, how to work our credit so we can buy a home from le learning how to invest right to become a professor you have to obtain a certain certain degree to become a mechanic a barber you have to go through some type of training however when it comes to matters of the heart and relationship and love we're so willing to absorb so much information that is rooted in absolutely nothing statistics show Picking a partner is the biggest decision you're going to make in your lifetime. It can either propel you or bring you down forever. It can break those gen generational curses and trauma or continue the cycle of trauma. So like you said, brother, evidence-based theory, what does that mean? That means there's research that has been done on this particular topic, on this particular profession that has been tested over time and proven. Like they're giving you the results and they're giving you the data. Men lie, women lie, numbers don't, right? So if you look at the statistics, then you can gain the necessary knowledge. So the same way that we Google for, for everything else, before you start looking to these social media influencers for answers, Google it yourself and see what, what, what the evidence-based clinicians have to provide. So myself, I am training the Gottman Institute. It, it, it is, the, their foundation is 45 years of research. I'm currently going training into the EFT model, just, just so I can have a bet, better understanding of attachment and of course to raise my price as well. You know, the more trainings you get, the more now, knowledge you get, the, the more the, the, the stock go, goes up. But nonetheless, like when, when I'm doing therapy, or when I'm doing a live or when I'm writing a post, I'm not talking from my point of view or my experience. I'm giving you the literature. I'm just breaking it down in a language that you can understand. I'm giving you the stats, right? So I would say certain statistics and people's mind would just go crazy. I'm like, how you not notice? It's right here. Just go get, it's free. Just go get it. And, and here, and, and, and it's funny because I tell people all the time, like when I'm working with people, I, I say like, I'm not guessing because to, <laughs> to, guess with, to guess with people's emotions and feelings, that is very dangerous. Huh. Is extremely. It's unethical. It's exactly. And we're going to get into that. I got a question for that later. 
it, it can become very dangerous. And I take a lot of pride in the art form and the in the craft of being a helper so much so that I don't want to guess with your life. Because like you said, this is the biggest decision. You've either made the decision or you're going into it that you're going to make. And yes. there's no reason. Listen, if a doctor told you I'm only prescribing this medicine to you because I think I've experienced it and it may work <laughs> without being able to say. And the thing that like Gottman's Institute, a lot of his interventions have been done and practiced with thousands of couples. Yes. And it, it's, not, and not just, it's not just his life. It's not just his friend's life. It's not just his family's life. He's had people come to this institute, hook them up to wires. Thousands of couples have gone through for him to be able to pinpoint with precision and accuracy of what the issue is, but also how to fix it. There's right. other people out there doing the exact same thing. Look, so this is one of my favorite, favorite books, The Psychotherapy Couple Treatment Center. This it. has is nothing but, I don't know if you can see it, evidence-based practices. Yes, sir. It's the, it's the standard of care when you're working with couples or people who are in relationships. I don't... Evidence-based book. Okay. <laughs> Every couple, you should read this. Go buy it now. Right. And, and unfortunately, I don't believe that social media influencers have the tools or the knowledge base to give certain interventions or to give information. They can give their experience. You can do that. You can actually say what helped you, but it's hard to generalize that across the whole body of people. Evidence-based practices can be generalized with um, a multitude of people given a particular criteria. Right. That's what that's what's difficult about social media influence. I heard somebody, I won't say who they who they are, but their <laughs> method for helping people communicate goes completely against what research says is effective. And that's where I have an issue with where people are giving suggestions and recommendations on how to do basic things like communication. And it's not, it's not correct. It's not, it's natural. not, it's not, it's, not true. it's made up. It has a fancy language that it's, first of all, it's an empty statement in which they force you to input your own understanding of it, right? I, he I heard some, 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 someone say, when it comes to communication, show up to the table dinner to have a con conversation, not to the wrestling mat, right? Sounds dope, right? Then I ask, what does that mean in practice? Can you walk me through the necessary steps? And they couldn't, right? So, so you're making these empty statements that does sound right. That's going to res to resonate to those looking for the tea as opposed to those looking for the medicine. Mm -hmm. And if you also look at the cycle of change, right, we all go through that cycle. So eventually those that are seeking the tea know notices that there's nothing practical that you can do for me that's going to change my life, right? You're, you're just reframing what I already thinking. So they eventually move to the medicine. And again, a lot of social media influencers or relationship experts are not making a living of doing that. Us therapists, we are. My wait list is crazy, right? I'm sure, because as I saw you working on your website, I've seen a few things. So I know when you're ready, your wait list will be crazy as well. All, all of the therapists that I know, they're making a living out, out of doing this, which is why they're not putting so much stock into social media. Currently, I have no listing anywhere. Not psychology today, not therapy for black men, not therapy for, for, for black girls, wherever. 
90% of my clients come directly from Instagram. Then wow. the 10% are being referred from other therapists. Your Mac, I, I have a couple for you. Your Mac, I, 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 have a, I have a couple for you. Like I get these calls nonstop. So in social media, we may not be regarded as, I don't even like the term expert, as competent, I would say, right? <laughs> but in our professional circles, we are the go-to for this exact topic. Yes, I'm not writing 20 to 30 posts a week. That sounds exactly the same. Just change a few language here and there. When I give you content, like they call me the disruptor. Like my 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 social media friends, like, yo, you are such a disruptor. You go against everything that's being said by the mass. I'm like, thank you. That's a compliment. Because when I give you exactly what communication skills look like, you don't see it elsewhere within our community because no one else has that knowledge and is able to verbalize it properly. Right. That's the difference be be between us and them, bro. Definitely, definitely. That's a major one. So I want to shift to another question and I'm going to ask you, Mac, and then Dexter. So what influence on, I'm talking about the people, the couples, like what influence do you see social media having on how people are viewing relationships. And I ask this question a lot oh, because I man. think perspectives. So what do you think social media is dooming as far as shaping the, the framework and how people are viewing relationships? <laughs> Listen, I hit the self-help culture. I, that's the first chapter of my book. I hate the self-help culture. It's garbage. It's nonsense. Have I met some amazing coaches? Yes. Have I met some amazing individuals that know what they are doing? Yes. However, most of them usually have a social work or psychology background. Those that just enter the field with no knowledge of everything else are causing more hurt than good. We all have this idea that a relationship is supposed to be 24-7 amazing, it's supposed to be blissful. Right. We're not supposed to have issues where like we want people to think exactly like because if that's the case, just marry your goddamn self. Right. Because <laughs> no two people are going to think alike and comfortability com is not attained from the first day. It's built over years. Right. Desire is created from the space provided from two individuals, not when they are always connected then that's when you get bored and that's when you stop growing as an individual. This whole idea of, oh, you need to become whole before you get married or be in a relationship is nonsense. We're never whole. We're always becoming whole, right? You need to heal prior to being in a relationship. Again, nonsense, because the, the ability to function in a healthy relationship is part of the healing process. That's when you're going to see what triggers you have and what boundaries you have not set and how you need to recalculate all of your thoughts and et cetera in order to function in that relationship. A lot of advice being given sounds like it's been given to robots. They never take into account the human nature, the human interaction. Like it makes no sense. Oh, black men, we need to identify our feelings. Yes, that does make sense. But do you know why we can't do that? biologically speaking and psychologically speaking and neurologically speaking. No, you don't, but you're just saying it because it sounds great. And that's what's popping right now. Everything is trauma bonding. 
right? My little cousin who's 12 came to me. That's trauma bonding. What are you talking about? And they don't even know what these terms mean in context. Like they people read something and now they throw it on social media and now they've diagnosed everybody. Listen, man, they, they have specific languages. Leave toxic trauma, right? If you look at their posts, three of these words are usually a part of it. And that's how they maintain such great following. However, their engagement still be low, right? It, even in, in, in their caption, there's nothing of substance. There's just drop yes, if you agree. It's yes or no. Like the world is not black and white. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> it just does not make sense for me. For example, right? I don't hold a 45 minute session with couples. I don't think that within 45 minutes you can do any actual work, right? Part of my assessment is having couples argue in the first session for 10 minutes straight. And I'm only listening to the first three minutes because after the first three minutes, I already know the ending, right? After the first sentence you verbalize, I am trained enough to know what's going to happen next and have a real understanding of your relationship. My assessment period is three sessions. That's 270 minutes of me assessing you before I can decide whether or not I am fit or qualified enough to treat you, right? And then I provide you with, this is what your weaknesses are and this is how we're going to fix it. This is what your strengths are and this is why. If you're in agreement with my assessment, then we can move forward in a therapeutic relationship, right? I'm not just out here just talking the whole session. No, I'm teaching you how to have conversation about finance, intimacy, how to build your intimacy, how to foster admiration, and listen, man, like <laughs> how to conflict. Like we and, do this for life. And you have a you have a process and you correct. That, well, I was that in is evidence-based. Right. So I was in I was in another um for two years. I did in-home therapy from uh, a family model FFT. And the first part is it's just assessing the first three sessions are just understanding what the cycle is. But a lot of social media influencers, I look at what their program is offering. It is, hey, this is what we're going to do. You're going to do this. Not knowing whether or not that what you're asking them to do is going to play into a strength or a growth area. That's really important to know. And it's important to determine whether or not what you're going to do is going to be successful. So, Dexter, so Dexter, what do you see some of the influences of social media being on how people view relationships? It's painted a a fantasy of what relationships look like, and Matt and Matt tapped on it, you know, really good. Like people really think that relationships are happy twenty four seven. They really think it's Disney Channel out here, and it's not. And it's not like I didn't. And I, I love what Matt said about how you know people saying like you should heal before you get get married, and you should do this and do that. I didn't know a lot of my triggers until I was married. Correct. I didn't know because it's like you, I didn't know until I was in it and it was in my face. Like, okay, I need to fix this. I need to fix this. But I couldn't fix it by myself because I had to have a partner to help me see it. To help me understand like what was what what was wrong with me. Like things I've carried from my childhood into into being married, like thought processes I've had that were incorrect and wrong, you know, from trans, especially when you transition from being single, to being, 
dating, Ooh. you know, being uh, engaged to being married, your uh, thought process changes because your situation and where you're where you're situated changes. So all of that changes, you know, and I had to learn that. But you, but social media doesn't show you any of that. They just tell you how to be happy with yourself. And then they tell you to transition into marriage. And then if you're not getting what you want, then just leave is what mm-hmm. they're and they're not work to work and work through it. And That's so amazing. they're not telling you like the hardships of it. They're, they may give you like the subtle nuances of like the little small things that people go through, or they'll give you like all the toxic cheating that people may do or things like that. But they're not giving you like the necessary skills to like work through it because that level of intention from influences isn't there. Like mm. the same language isn't being shared between like from clinicians to you know, influences like like you said, like with trauma bond, like they're taking the the language and applying it just to really in the masses and not really effective change. Exactly. Can can can, can I just add two okay. things real, real quick, right? So the the number one thing, right? The reason why motivation speeches are so great and so popular is because it gives you a boost momentarily. Mm-hmm. It doesn't last because motivation needs to come from within, as opposed to uh, as opposed to outwardly. Yes, hearing it may motivate you to get this paperwork done, but you need to go back to it over and over and over again just just to find enough motivation to do what you need to do. But in retrospect, what you actually need is discipline, mm. right? If you are disciplined enough, it doesn't matter if you have motivation you will still get it done. And I forgot what the number two thing I was going to say from, from, from <laughs> what my my brother stated. But again, like, let me just give, give some specific statistics real quick, right? Um, couples argue about the same thing 85% of the time. You're having the same conversation over and over again, 85% of the time. You only need to solve 31% of your differences to be in a happy, healthy relationship. An influencer that doesn't know that, that you're paying to help you with your relationship is trying to help you solve all of these things that you'll never ever solve, right? 96% of the time, the way you start a conversation is exactly how it's going, how it's going to end, which is why when people say, oh, constructive feedback or constructive criticism, I cringe because there's no room in a relationship for criticism. That shouldn't be the case. Right. Because mm. you can change that language from, um, you know what, you never take me out to, you know what, I would like for us to have more date nights. It's the same mm. message, but it's going to elicit a different response from my partner because I'm skilled enough to communicate it in a positive manner. Right. Definitely. That's the difference be- be- between us and so-called experts. Again, can we define what an expert is? Because I'm confused. I, I, listen, and it's... I'm confused. I don't get it. People just throw it around. People can, because you have a following uh, above a certain number, because you've been featured on certain shows, um, because people think positively or highly of you, that can make you an expert. I know in our field, you can't call, you can't just call yourself an expert. Correct. Like we can't just say, oh, I'm a expert in this and someone's like okay what have you published what what <laughs> what have you practice? done <laughs> what, what research have you found like what insights have you created so to, to me and an expert means 
you've done this for 10,000 hours at least, right? That's what mm -hmm. constitutes an expert. When I'm thinking of relationship expert, I, I, I think of Gottman, I, I think of Sue Johnson, I, I, I think of Esther Perel, you know? But everybody's an expert nowadays. They've attached that title to myself and I would say, no, no, thank you. I, I'd rather be a relationship therapist, a relationship strategist, a relationship scientist, but do not give me that expert tag. I'm only 30. I have so much more to learn. <laughs> I have so many more trainings that I want to attend. I have my own research that I want to do. I'm no expert. I'm just very skilled at what I do due to the fact that I've been heavily invested into this work and into my growth as a therapist, as a counselor, and as a man. My knowledge in relationship has allowed me to carry an eight-year healthy relationship. Without this knowledge, listen, man, I'll be your stand, standard guy, your stand, standard bachelor doing whatever I want to do or being in, in a pattern of traumatic relationships. You'd be the topic of Clubhouse. <laughs> <laughs> I stopped using Clubhouse because I, I couldn't. Listen, we can have another conversation about that later because people got so upset with me one time off of giving facts and statistics <laughs> about relationships. And they're like, well, that's not my experience. I'm talking from my experience. Okay, fine. We'll move on. But right. here's another thing, Mac, I want to talk uh -huh. about. I'll give you two more words. Accountability and liability. Ooh. Oh, what yes. do those two things mean to you as a, as a therapist? So as clinicians, right, we have an ethic an ethical board in which we can be reported by our, our clients at any time and an investigation will, 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 will be done to ensure that we didn't violate our ethics. Liability is the idea of being sued <clears throat> by our, our clients at any time period for, what, for whatever reason, for maltreatment, right? And we have to go to court and actually go over our notes or et cetera and go through that process and if we did mistreat or maltreat, we have to pay them a substantial fine, right? So there is a lot invested in us being clinicians, but also we are open to a lot of attacks, right? If we do not behave ethically or by law, we can be held accountable for what we have done. Now in a field, where there's no ethics, where, where there's no government board or whatsoever, you can choose whatever nickname you want to give yourself. You can choose whatever title. You can do as you please. You can cause more harm than hurt. I mean, more harm than healing. And there's no one there to hold you accountable. If someone says something negative about you, you just block them. For example, I did a podcast at, at the start of the pandemic last year amazing episode great questions i felt like i killed it however i also addressed the previous speaker who was not a relationship therapist but was a relationship coach and labeled the missteps and the the nonsense that was stated as gospel and um this individual is far greater in terms of social media following that I ever want to be, period, right? Because that's too much work, that's too much engagement or et cetera. My episode never never dropped, mm -hmm. but I had an inclination asked to why. So when I, when I asked the individual who has a great working relationship with this person, 
which is smart of them because they're more popular. So you feel like they will equal to more views or et cetera. I asked him directly, did my episode not drop due to pol due to politics? He said, yes. And that's all I needed to know. And I was perfectly okay with that because I understand that I'm not for everybody. Right. And, and, and I understand that I take black love so serious that if I, if I feel that you're misleading and causing more trauma to our people, to myself and others involved, I will make that distinction for you. I will show the statistic, the research, the evidence, as opposed to what you claim is the truth. And that's crazy that, that, when we say the truth, that it gets drowned out by people who just don't agree or they're upset that what they said or thought is not the truth. And accountability goes both ways. I believe people have to be responsible for the, what you put out into the world. Amen. Like social media is a really big responsibility and you have to be accountable for the messages that you give to people because people are so willing to take information and just run with it. And listen, I love how you explained liability. Yo, as a therapist, I got $3 million worth of malpractice insurance. Me too. See, and that's that's common in the field. That's, that's not standard. Even that's, that's standard. standard. $3 million worth of malpractice insurance just in case anything happens. I may never even use it. I don't plan on using it. But just in case, we have to carry that type of insurance because what we're doing is so serious. Uh, like you said, a, a relationship coach, could completely screw over a, a couple and all they have to do is like, well, sorry, bye. And they can't report them to anybody. They can't have an advocate to help them repair the harm that was done. Correct. And that's another major difference between being a social media influencer and being a therapist. There's someone who is holding us accountable to what we're also doing in the yes. field. And better yet, Right. I love being part of panels in which we get to talk live. Right. Because on social media and you have such a large audience that, of course, there's there's a percentage of people that are going to identify with you. But in person, when you drop these catchphrases, yes, they hit. You're going to get an applause. But a skilled therapist at that time period takes this opportunity to demystify what has been stated and provide the medicine, what these people are actually here for. And then their, their body language start changing. They're a lot tighter, right? They're not as fluid. Their narcissistic, their narcissistic tendencies drawn out and they disappear because the audience starts not noticing the level of authenticity and the level of expertise, right? So live audiences and panel events are great opportunity for therapists to show off and show up. That's where we get to really show the distinction between us and these so-called experts, right? Because yeah. if, if, if you dare say next to me that fight for love, find someone to fight with love with, that's, how, that's what a healthy relationship look like, you just set me up for the alley. That's easy to any skilled therapist. That's easy, right? And and again, that now your credibility starts taking hit while in person, while everybody's watching. And that's why a lot, 
Well, and that's funny. So, so here's another thing. I, I love debates. I'm a big, I love to debate. I, I really enjoy back and forth, real time disseminating of information because that's how you right. really tell what people are on. I love question and answer. You can ask me anything about relationships on real, and I literally will have an answer for everything, even if, even if it's I don't know that answer. That's a, that's to say that I don't know something is the most ethical thing I can do in a situation where I don't. I'm not afraid to say I don't know the answer. That I have is a beautiful example for you. Go for it. Beautiful example, and. I was so upset when I saw this. I had drafted a response, but again, I have to remind myself that I, I don't have to, to react to everything, especially when I know for a fact I'm not being intended. They're not open to understanding, right? Um, I had seen a live in which a relationship expert, again, quotations, expert, claimed that therapists are there to help you address your past while a relationship expert is there to help you accomplish your future. And secondly, they were asked, um, why do women that experience domestic violence do not leave the relationship? This individual verbally, profoundly, and authoritatively stated, it's because women are not confident enough in themselves. You need to love yourself. You need to recognize that you can do better, better than them, and etc. As if it was so simple. Again, to a robot, yes. But you're not looking at the emotional abuse. You, you're not looking at the effects of trauma. You're you don't even have enough enough information on domestic violence to answer that question. Because again, there's two types of domestic violence. Once a child is involved, that's when the woman is more likely to leave because at that time period they are protecting their offspring as opposed to to themselves, or etc. Or even with narcissists, like the reason why you keep dating narcissists because you have a predisposition to date narcissists because you feel like that's a relationship that you deserve sub, sub, subconsciously. So without the proper knowledge, you can't answer that question. There's power in saying, I don't know. Mm. There's, listen, I've been asked questions where I'm like, you know what? I have an idea, but I don't know for a fact. Allow me to do some research and get back to you. There's not, there's strength in that. There's authenticity and there's validation in just saying, I don't know, as opposed to creating a false statement or false narrative that can easily be questioned against you. It's ridiculous. And it comes back to being accountable for your language and what you put out there. There's, I believe, and honestly, and listen, not every therapist, not all therapists are created the same, but Agreed. most part, Many are holding to a standard that we've been trained under to not speak to what we don't know, contact other people who do know so that the person that we're serving can still get the resources, even if it's not with us. I, I am not hurt by a couple or anybody, a family who want to seek services somewhere else because I genuinely care about them. I'm not worried about the dollar. Correct. I'm not worried about trying to make my 10K month. I, so I need to make a quota. So I need to keep this family on my caseload. I ain't trying to do all that. I'd rather you go and get help and, and really find what it is you're looking for than stay with me. And so accountability and liability. Last question I want us to discuss. So, so Mac, when taking advice or mm -hmm. guidance from a social media influencer or even therapists who are online, Correct. 
What are some of the things that we should be looking for to determine whether or not the information they're giving is accurate? Love this question. I would say first thing first is what is what they're saying rooted in? If it's rooted in research, then it's applicable to most of us. And it's usually a skill that they're talking of, right? The foundational skills for any healthy relationship is the same across board, across religion, across culture, whatever the case is. If you can't communicate, your relationship is more than likely going to fail, period. Whoever you are, it doesn't matter, right? And you got to ask yourself, are they speaking from their experience? Their experience speaks to their point of view, which is rooted in biases, which is rooted, again, in their experiences. Third is, how practical is this? Like, what did I actually learn? Did they equip me with the knowledge and the skill sets and the mindset needed for me to go home and implement right now? Or or is it just an empty statement, right? Us therapists... When, 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 when we do a live and, and, and we're giving advice or, or we're giving tips, it's actionable, right? Do one, two, three, four, five, six. Based on what you said, I feel like this is the issue, is how, this is how you can overcome it, right? One, 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 one of my posts was, I'm, I'm not in love with, with my wife, I love my wife. There's a significant difference between the two. But if you're looking at social influencers or experts, they're saying, I'm, I'm, I'm in love with my husband, eight years, this, or all that. But research disapproves that. So you're lying. You're not, you're not even lying because you don't know better. You don't have the knowledge. You're just right. saying what you think sounds right. I always say these experts are performers with a lot of narcissistic tendencies. I, I know I keep saying that, but that's my observation. And I, I really did a deep vibe up dive on narcissists on, on narcissist last year. So now I'm, I'm just whoo, 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 right? Because right. again, they're, they're they're looking for all of this outward validation and having all of these grandiose per- persona and ideas that is rooted in absolutely nonsense. Man, that's crazy. So we're going to go ahead and start to wrap up and we're going to go ahead and transition into our flip the script segment. And flip the script is the segment of the show where our guest provides a simple tool or strategy for a particular topic or situation that we discussed in this episode. So, Mac, here's your question. Someone may be listening out there and they may be like, yo, there's a lot of information out there. There's so many things coming from therapists, stuff coming from influencers that I follow, and there's I just don't know how to process it. What is one thing that an individual can do to be able to break down and determine whether or not information that they're seeing on social media needs to be applied to them or if it needs to be dismissed? It's a great question, man. That's also a very loaded question, right? So how do, do you know if you if you could apply it or should you? dismiss it right general ideas really that doesn't lead to much for example communication is key we all know that without trust you're not gonna have a healthy relationship we know that domestic violence is not okay we know that right now what we need to look for are the practical steps needed so we can change the course of our relationship right is here's how you build trust one two three four five is here's how you effectively communicate one, two, three, four, five, right? 
the biggest myth in couples therapy is that you need to listen to understand and not listen to reply. That's the biggest misconception ever. And it blows my mind every time someone say that because it, it is known within the professional circles as such. So, so again, if you're, if you're seeing all of all, all this surplus of information, ask yourself the following questions. Is this person now knowledgeable in this topic? Where did they get their knowledge from? What training and investment do they have in these topics? Are they making a living engaging in these topics? And most important, importantly, do they sound like everybody else? If they do, walk away. Mm. That's it. If, they, if you can see their posts, listen, I've seen posts from experts, the same posts in different languages on different pages. It's literally the same thing, just one or two word distinction. That tells you it's scripted, it's the same nonsense. And again, also, if they're not being followed by therapists or therapists are not engaging with them, that tells you everything that you need to know. That, that's a key. That is a key. That, that's a gem right there. Our other therapists follow. Because, you know, all of us in the therapy, in the little circle that we're in, we all follow each other and we're in right. each other. We, right. that's, that's a great. Well, I'll that, be the first one to DM and say, yo, that post was fire. Right. right. Or, or was, look at each other and I'm like, damn, why didn't I write that? <laughs> right? That, right. That, that's how it's so, so supposed to be. Like, Bache, to me. He's amazing. He's an amazing He's writer. Thought process. I need <laughs> access to his thought process, man. I would love to sit with this guy and be able to determine how he comes up with his words. His semantics are, are just amazing. So when he posts some, I'm like, ooh, that was good. Th that's a hit. When you do something like that's dope. When Aaron drops some fire, I'm like, oh, yo, that's dope. You know, Don, um, Jason Phillip, he's amazing as well, you know? Within the field, we know who got it, mm -hmm. right? We're within our professional circles, we know who, um, who, whose expertise is in this and whose expertise is in that. This way, we can refer clients as need to be. I called the sex therapist last week because I had a client that I felt like I needed more, more information on. So I was able to have a two-hour conversation so I can have a better understanding of, of what's going on because I know that's what their ex their their expertise are, right? So within the professional circle, we know what's up, right? right. On social media, it's not the same. Mm -hmm. And there you guys have it. Th that is this week's flip the script. Mac, thank you for joining us this week. Thank you, sir. Thank you for for having me. Um, this was overdue. We've had to reschedule a few times, but I am happy and thankful for you to be sharing your platform with me. And I, 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 I know that um, the, the narrative is that black men are, are supposed to complete, compete with black men. But listen, man, we all have tables. We can all pull up seats and share each other's food at any time and anywhere, man. I'm proud, I'm proud of you guys for what you guys have built. I think you have so many episodes that I lost count, right? <laughs> so when you make it big, do not forget us. Oh, no, most definitely. So first of all, let everybody know where they can find you on social media. Where can they find you at? Yes, I am on Instagram as talk to Mac underscore therapist. Talk to the number two Mac, M-A-C underscore therapist. If you're looking for um, 
couples therapy by someone that is highly qualified to do so. You can find me on therapy. It's for everyone that that org. I am on a mission to this to destigmatize the concept of therapy within the black community by providing evidence-based approach theories and concepts needed for us to create the foundation so that our offsprings can be better than we are currently. All right, so I will make sure I put all of his information down in the show notes. Please don't stop while you're driving and try to go click the links because we are- <laughs> One more thing. Go ahead. Um, I have a masterclass dropping, a masterclass slash, slash work workshop entitled Becoming a Masterful Couple which is rooted in research and it's an evidence-based practice where I'm going to give you the information that helps you practice it and help you master it. So you not only reach marriage, but you read your forever after. Hey, and that'll be down there too. I'm going to put that link down there. Thank you, man. Y'all go comment, rate, subscribe, go to YouTube, um, Love Unscripted HD, where you can see the video for this podcast episode. If you're in YouTube land, go ahead and go over to iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher Podcast, comment, rate, subscribe there. Dexter, how'd you feel about this episode? Listen, man, I made it. Hey, so we thank everybody who took time out of their week to listen to this podcast, and we will see you guys in the next one. Peace.